Good morning, Mount Hope. It is good to be with you today. You know, there's something that's true about our world. I know it. My guess is you know it. Uh, it's something that you and I feel every single day, and that is the reality that our world is a noisy place. In fact, most of us carry around a rectangle that looks something like this. You have one, and I have one. I just want you to think about it for me with a minute, for, for, or think about this for just a minute. How many voices are inside of this little rectangle? And we have this rectangle. Some of us have a little bit bigger rectangles. And then we have laptop rectangles. Think about the things we carry around. How many voices are inside of this thing? The reality is, you and I know, there are millions of voices inside of this tiny rectangle that are trying to influence your life and my life. This world is a noisy place. And there are voices that are coming at you and me from everywhere. And that's not the end of the challenge. Not only is this world a noisy place, not only are there voices coming from all over the place trying to get your attention and my attention, but in the midst of all of the noise, you and I have big important decisions we are trying to make. And those decisions are corporate, they're national, and they're very personal and individual. I mean, right now, even as a nation, we are trying to make big decisions. They're economic decisions, There are decisions around health and a pandemic. There are decisions around racial tension and injustice and unrest. And then we have personal decisions that we're making, right? Some of you are trying to make decisions about jobs and employment. Some of you are trying to make decisions about dating relationship or marriage relationship. Some of you are graduating in the midst of this pandemic and trying to make decisions about school and everything else. Some of you parents are trying to make decisions about what you're going to do for childcare over the summer and, and coming into next school year. I mean, we have all sorts of decisions, big decisions that you and I are trying to make. And it all begs this question. It's an important question that you and I have to figure out. In the midst of all of the noise and all of the big decisions, corporate and personal, how in the world do we determine what voices we're going to listen to? There are so many voices around the big issues and around the personal issues. And the world is a noisy place from the talking heads on TV to the social media posts, to the direct messages, to the texts, to the phone calls. How in the world do you and I decide with so many different pieces of advice and so many thoughts, what voices we should listen to? Well, today we're going to encounter some Christians who were trying to figure out the exact same thing. And we're gonna learn what they did and how they made that decision. And you and I are going to learn something about our own life as well, how you can decide exactly what voice to listen to when you're making large corporate decisions and also those important personal decisions. If you were with us last week, we started a new series and we're walking through 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. And these are ancient letters that were written to a church in the first century in a city called Thessalonica. And they were written by the Apostle Paul. And what happened is that Paul, along with two of his companions, Silas and Timothy, visited Thessalonica and they stayed there for a little while until there was some conflict in the city and they had to leave. But while they were there, they preached the gospel and they started a new church. About a year later, Paul sent Timothy back to see the church and to see how these early Christians were doing. And now Timothy has returned to Paul and he has given a report. 
And part of that report, we don't know exactly what Timothy said, but a part of that report is Timothy telling Paul that there are people that have come to the church in Thessalonica and come to these early Christians and are telling them, and we're not sure, it could be city officials, it could be political leaders, it could be religious leaders, it could be other traveling evangelists that have come in. But they are saying to the people, Paul is not a voice that you can trust. So Paul's been gone a year, Timothy comes and visits and he comes back to Paul and he says, Paul, listen, the church is doing well. The Christians are doing great, but there is a group of people that, are, that is telling them that your voice among all the other voices is not a voice they should listen to. So now here in 1 Thessalonians chapter two, which is where we're going to be today, Paul is coming back to the people and is saying, listen, I know that you have the opportunity to listen to many different voices, but my voice is a voice that you can trust. When you make decisions, when you make decisions corporately as a church and when you make decisions individually as people and you're looking for a voice that you can trust, my voice, Paul says, is a voice that you can listen to. And here's the way he starts this section of scripture. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter two and we're just gonna read the first couple of verses because Paul says something here that is key not only to the way the Thessalonians were going to choose which voice they listened to, but this is key for you and for me. As we in a world with a seemingly infinite amount of voices try to figure out who to listen to. This is what Paul says. For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. And here's what Paul says. Here's what Paul's saying to the people. And he's gonna get into more detail in just a second. Paul comes back to the Thessalonians and says, listen, I know there's a question as to whether or not you can trust my voice. And Paul says this, you can trust my voice because you were able to look at my life. Paul's saying, I came and lived among you. I, I came out of conflict in a city called Philippi but I could have gone home, but I still came to you in the midst of all of that conflict and I lived among you. And you wanna know how you can listen to my voice? You wanna know how you can trust that I'm a voice you can listen to? You can trust my voice and listen to my voice because you were able to look into my life. And I think Paul would say to you and to me, as he would watch us try to figure out which voice that we're sh we should listen to as we make big corporate decisions and personal decisions, Paul would come to you and to me and he would say to us, listen, you want to know which voice you can listen to? You need to find someone who you can look at their life. If you want to know if a voice can be listened to, you need to look first at the person's life. The truth is, it is easy to be fooled from far away, isn't it? It is easy to be fooled far away, from far away. I personally have never gone to the Louvre in France and seen the Mona Lisa, but I've talked to many people who have. And their story is almost always the same. That as they thought about going to see the Mona Lisa and as they read about it in books and they studied it growing up in school and they heard about what a, a masterpiece of art this work was, that there was great anticipation as they went to see this work of art. And 
the, the challenge that almost everyone faced and the story that I've heard from almost everyone who's gone to see it is that the closer they got to the Mona Lisa, the less impressive it appeared to be. That from a distance, it seemed very impressive and, and something that they, they would be a once in a lifetime experience. But the closer that they got, the smaller they realized the painting was and the less impressive it seemed, the closer that they got. And isn't that true about people sometimes too? About the voices that we might choose to listen to, that people can seem so impressive from far away. And then the closer we get, we realize that they're not who we thought they were. And so we ought to be wary then of listening to voices that are far away from us, listening to the voices of people who we can't truly look into their lives. Paul says, before you listen to someone's voice, make sure you take a look their life. What we need, Paul might say to us, is we need people who don't just give us billboards that we can look at. We need people who open up windows into their life and allow us to look in. So much of what we see of other people is just billboards that people put up to try to impress and create a persona that they want other people to see. I mean, that's what social media is. Social media is just billboards of people's lives. We put the perfect picture on social media. We take 35 pictures on vacation and most of them our kids are crying, but we get one where everyone's looking halfway decent and that's the one we post. That's the billboard we put up for people to see. Very rarely do we encounter people where they truly open up a window in their life and allow us to peer in. And Paul's saying to the church, you can trust me. You can listen to my voice because you've been able to look at my life. You're not going to be fooled. I came among you and I didn't just throw up a billboard and try to impress you with some flashy show. I opened up the shutters, I pulled up the blinds, and I lived among you. You were able to look at my life. And it's something for us to think about. Do you have people who you are able to look at their life, truly look at their life, know who they are, so that you can decide whether or not to trust their voice. Now, this, this brings up another important question, and that is, if you find someone who's willing to open up the window that you can get close enough in community and relationship to truly see who they are and how they live, well, then what in the world are you looking for? What is it that you want to see? And Paul gives us two things in this passage, two things that he tells the church at Thessalonica that because they've seen this, they can trust him. And here's the two things you're looking for. When you find someone who has a voice you think you can trust, and so you peer into your life, there's two things you're looking for, and here's the first thing you're looking for. You're looking for someone who values the word of God above the approval of people and above material things. That's the first thing you're looking for. You are looking for someone who lives their life and values the truth of God's word above flattery from other people and praise from other people and above material things. Here's the way Paul said it. This is verse three. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God who tests our heart. Now listen to what he says. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is our witness, nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. Paul says this, 
Uh, this was never about whether or not other people liked us. This was never about us making money off of you. This was always about God and his word. When we begin to listen to someone who says they are speaking the words of God, but we peer into their life and to begin to see that it's actually about approval of other people or about money or material things, that ought to cause us to question whether or not they're speaking the words of God. A couple of months ago, during this uh, pandemic time, quarantine time, the actor John Krasinski start, started a, an online YouTube show called Some Good News. And in this show, he did a number of things. He had a wedding. He reunited with old coal stars from the office and other projects that he had done. He gave things away. And every, every episode, he would highlight the good things that were happening in our world in the midst of, of so much struggle and pain. And the show became a huge success online. Millions of people tuned in and watched the show. And they, they really loved what he had to say. The problem came just a few weeks ago when John Krasinski sold the rights of the show to CBS for an undisclosed amount of money, but chances are it was a fairly large sum of money. And it caused people to go back and look at the show and their entire view of the show was tainted. Now, John Krasinski said he was, it was never about the money. And my guess is when he started the show, it wasn't. But somewhere along the line, at some level, it did become about money. And when the show, was sh the show was sold, people looked back and they didn't view it the same way. And Paul's saying something similar here. When you peer into someone's life and you realize that this is really about them pleasing other people and them obtaining things in this world over the word of God in their life, that should cause you to go back and rethink the advice that they give and the words that they speak. So the first thing you're looking at when you peer through that window is, is this someone who values God and his word above the praise of other people and above themselves? And here's the second thing that Paul says we're looking for. Is this someone, is this someone in their life, the way that they live, is this someone who serves other people or is this someone, is this someone who is looking for other people to serve them? Is this someone who truly is a servant and here to love and serve other people? Or is this someone who is just looking for other people to serve them? Here's the way Paul says it. This is verse seven of chapter two. But we were gentle among you, Paul says, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also ourselves, because you had become very dear to us. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaimed to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses and God also how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct towards you believers. For you know how like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Paul says to the people, you know I'm a voice you can trust because when I, w I was with you, this was about you. It wasn't about me. In fact, we served you and we worked so that we would not be a burden to you, but that we could serve you and we loved you like a mother loves her child. And we challenged you and exhorted you to follow God the way a loving father does for his children. You know, just because a voice challenges you to live differently or challenges you to think differently, differently, 
does not mean it's a voice that you shouldn't listen to. If that voice is coming from someone who values God over other people and themselves and someone who's there to serve other people more than themselves, then Paul's saying a voice that challenges you and exhorts you and calls you to live the way that God lives is one of the best voices you could listen to in your life. When you are looking for a voice to listen to, what you need is you need a life that you can look at. And as you peer at that life, you need to find someone who trusts God over others and themselves and who is truly there to serve others and not to find other people to serve themselves. It is easy to be fooled from far away. You know, when a politician or unfortunately a pastor or a leader falls, the people that are far away are the people that are often the most shocked by that. The people who viewed from a distance and who loved that person because of the billboards that they put up. But you know who is often not surprised? Are the people that are closest to that person. They saw it a long time ago. And when you're looking for a voice to listen to, it is sometimes so easy to trust the voices that are far off, that put up the billboards, that make it look like there's someone you can trust. But you need in your life a person whose life you can truly look at to determine whether or not you can listen to their voice. So many of us have made massive decisions big corporate decisions like what we're trying to make right now in our country, important personal decisions, and all we've done is listen to the voices that are far off. And what we need is we need people whose lives we can look at, who are godly people who we can trust. And the only way you're going to have that, if you don't have that right now in your life, is to spend some time right now beginning and praying that God would provide that in your life and also committing yourself to be in community with other Christians that you might find a person that you can be close enough to that you can observe the way that they live, see how they live and, tr- and know that it's a voice you can trust. When I was in college, I went to college in small town, Iowa and uh, one of my best friends in the years that I was in school, he actually had grown up in the town where our college was located. And so often, even though he lived in the dorms uh, and later on we lived in apartments, uh, he, we would go back to his house and we would go to his house for good meals because we couldn't get those on campus and we would go to his house to get our laundry done because it was way better to do it there than on campus. And we would go just to relax and have a good time. And over the years, I got to know his parents and particularly his mom really well. And she became a second mom, not only to me, but to a number of the, of the guys in our group of friends. She would make sure we had birthday cakes on our birthdays and, and that we had everything that we needed and we were well-fed and well-taken care of as many of us were living away from home. And when I finished school, I had a big decision to make. I could either go to Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I had been working at a, interning at a church and been offered a job and could go to seminary there, or I could come to north of Boston and go to seminary at Gordon-Conwell here in Massachusetts. That was a big life decision for me. And as I was trying to make that decision, I was listening to all sorts of voices, trying to figure out who could help me make this decision. And I remember one time I was talking to to my friend's mom and she said back to me, she said, you know, I really feel like God is saying, 
that if you stay in and go to Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I already had many friends and it was a church I had already been to and interned at, if you go there, then you kind of know what life is going to look like. But unless you trust God and go to Massachusetts, you will never know what God might do. And I knew the moment she said that, that I was packing my bags and moving to Massachusetts. The reason I knew I could trust it was because for four years I had observed her life and she was someone who loved God and she was someone who served others. And when she spoke, I could listen. It is so important. And if you're a young person listening to this right now, you're in high school, college, just out of college, I think this is especially important. It is so important that as you choose voices to listen to, you are listening to the voice of people whose life you can observe and who you know trust God above all else and serve others rather than themselves. And church, we are calling this sermon series in these two books, First and Second Thessalonians, turning the world upside down because that's what Paul did when he brought the gospel is he turned the world upside down. And if you and I are going to turn the world upside down for the gospel, we not only need people who live observable lives so that we can know whether or not we can trust their voice, but we need to be, you and I need to be people worth observing so that when we speak, when we speak, people can know that we are speaking the words of God. So here's the question for you today. Question number one is, do you have people in your life where you can peer through the window and look at their lives so you know whether or not you can trust their voice? Or are you just trusting voices that are very far off? Are you looking at billboards and trying to figure out what to do? Or are you peering through windows and finding the voices of people you can actually trust? And secondly, are you the kind of person that other people in the church can listen to and trust? Are you living a life that is more about God than others or yourself? Are you serving others? more than yourself, so that when you speak, others know they can trust your voice. There's all sorts of important decisions in our world to be made. Giant national decisions. And you have personal decisions you're making in your life as well. The world's a noisy place. Millions of voices are trying to get your attention at any given time. Before you listen to someone's voice, Look at their life. Find the person who trusts God and serves others and listen to what they have to say.